This is an Asphalt Studios production. I can see it in <laughs> Welcome to session zero of Tangent Tabletop, everybody. Who's in Tangent I'm... Tabletop? Tabletop? <laughs> tabletop? Tabletop? <laughs> uh, yes, so I'm Tasman. I'm your DM. Uh, Bryson. Uh, uh, I'm uh, Beerman. Uh, nope, just Bryson. And also Nick Dewrider is also my name that you'll hear me referred to as in this show. Hell yeah. Anthony Drake. Uh, sure. I, I thought we were doing another episode of Spicy D&D, but uh, my, my, uh, I'm, I'm sure hi, it'll turn into Hi, I'm, I'm Oliver Sacred Spire. Uh, you'll hear me referred to as that. Hello, everyone. And Aaron Elzia. I'll be playing Mink Man Bagheer. Hell, hey, yes. Hate that. All right, everybody. <laughs> hate that. <laughs> bad name, bad so, you. So, <laughs> today we're going to be going over everybody's character, what they're playing, a little bit of their backstory... Uh, how they'll play them, and then we'll also go over a little bit more info about the world, although most of it was covered in the story trailer. There'll be questions that I can answer for uh, my players, and so on and so forth. If you've played D&D, you kind of know how this works. Uh, if you haven't, then you'll kind of figure it out as we go. Alright, so let's start at the top. Nick Do-Rider, tell us a- about yourself. Nick Do-Rider is a top. Full <laughs> Nick Dewrider Fox. No, he doesn't. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm a I'm a human monk. I'm really good at punching, but you'll notice that I do a, quite a little more, little, little, little bit more stabbing uh, is what I'm good at. Um, and yeah, he uh, used to be in a religious order that he was kicked out of for uh, a number of reasons, uh, and that number being one. Uh, and is currently on the run, because if they find him, they will likely kill him. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, Um, So, what what did Nick used to be? Nick used to be a paladin of the uh, Order of Honor. Um, That is no longer the case. (laughs) Yes, every every paladin in that order has, uh, so far, uh, lost all of their divine magic. Yep. And that is, that is right? also what happened to Nick. And he's not doing great, but <laughs> <laughs> he's he's decided to make his way to find something else to consume his life. Um, because that was really all Nick knew at the at his you know, he, he, he didn't have a family. He was put into the order uh, as a child uh, in the city of Bells. And there he remained until he was exiled and marked for death. <laughs> and, and what is the City of Bells, Bryson? Yeah, so the City of Bells is basically where all of the religious and knightly orders uh, within um, Carna- the Carnadian Empire uh, resides in. Uh, they are separate from the military in name only. <laughs> in times of war... The City of Bells raises their flags, and the uh, paladins or knights within those orders rally to their own troops. Um, So, yeah. Hell yeah. 
Boom. Is there anything else that we should know about Nick? Um, what does he look like? Oh, yes. That's a good one. Nick is a super lean gentleman. He wears no armor um, and carries around. He, he These days he's dressed in more plain clothes, uh, though he does still keep his very ornate silver sword on hand. Uh, it's probably the most notable thing about him when you see him, the kind of cheap brown rags that he wears while having a golden bezeled hilt with a silver and ivory handle popping out of his side. Uh, Beautiful. And uh, yeah, he also keeps a coiled rip whip on his side as well. Gotta have the whip. Oh, yeah. Gotta have the whip. That explains why he's a top. He is a top, yeah. <laughs> Did top it. confirmed. <laughs> oh, and top he has, has a uh, uh, shock red hair uh, done in the style of a like a tight mohawk. Ooh, that's yeah. that sounds dope. like fully shaved on the sides. Fully or shaved like on the sides. It's like a very th- like tight short mohawk. Gotcha. Okay. Fully bald. Alrighty. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oliver, say. Well, do you? He, does anybody have any questions about Nick? Yeah, ask questions about Nick, guys. Come on. Well, we already figured out that he was a top. Yeah, um, that was your main question. It, honestly, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought he was at like an all-time low, so I figured he he, he might go bottom, but. Yeah, and yeah, yeah he's got to have a way to show some power in his life. Plus, yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Oh, he needs to take <laughs> some control. Toxic masculinity <laughs> at its finest, you know. <laughs> He's got. He's yeah, got to have main, some. He's got. He's got a power uh, complex. <laughs> he's yeah. got. He's got to feel powerful one way or another. Yeah, my not to spoil, but my main character arc is I'm going going to get pegged. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main oh, character who is there? arc. Yeah. All Wait, right. I yeah, thought this. Well, I, that, I thought this was session zero, not spicy D and D. But <laughs> that kind of goes into my question, though, which is, what's his biggest fear? <laughs> Ooh, it all He's comes here to first conquer circle. his fear. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. he's in such a weird place right now that his biggest fear is himself. Yeah. Da I don't. I don't know that I can say what his biggest fear. I don't know how specific I can get with his biggest fear, considering what he knows. Um, but his biggest fear is loneliness. I think, and like the distinct lack that nothing's there for him. I was going to say that sounds really suspicious, but now I just feel bad. Yeah, he's not a happy guy. <laughs> who is? You know, yeah, just, just who true. is? Alrighty. Okay, Name any other questions for, for my Stadu writer? I, so you came from the city of Bells, which is different than the main setting that we are coming from? Is that the correct? City, uh, yes. The city of Bells is in the Carnadian Empire. It's kind of off to the west of it. Um, and it's probably one of the more, more major cities in the West. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. All right. Mr. Oliver Sacred Spire, tell us all about yourself. Um, Is he a top? <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oliver, or uh, I'll probably uh, talk about him a lot as Ollie. Um he was a very rambunctious and adventurous child, and uh, he lived in a small kind of farming community while his father was like a merchant, going around to cities nearby as like just like general goods. He didn't have any like crazy magic items or anything like fun, um, but he 
so he would constantly like entertain himself because dad wasn't home. So he would run around and like hang out with the neighbor kids and stuff in the fields and run around, play hide and seek, whatever. Uh, until one day a terrible accident happened where something fell, uh, like a small like meteor fell out of the sky. Uh, and being the curious, you know, probably like eight year old kid that he was at the time, he wanted to go check it out. And he went and checked it out and there was a small like blue shard in the bottom of the crater. As he grabbed it, his body was uh, electrocuted, like shocked with all of this lightning magic. And his body was smoking and he fell unconscious and all the other kids like ran away in fear of like what happened. Um, His father comes back home to see his body like smoking in the field and takes him upstairs. Uh, His father like gets electrocuted because the magic's still like surging within me, like overloading my entire body. And I kind of get locked in my room uh, for basically the next 10 years of my life. I'm... Uh, kind of kept away out of the public eye uh, in fear that I might hurt somebody. And I primarily hang out in my in my room, which is in like a small tower in the house. Um, nothing crazy, like not like some huge grand house, because again, my father doesn't have that much money. Um, my my only friend really was my uh, was the housekeeper or like my nanny that took care of me. Her name was Cynthia. And uh, she would like hang out with me like through the door, like we would like read books, like she would read a book and then she'd pass it to me through the door occasionally, like when she brings me my food and she would uh, like give me the book and then we'd like talk about it. So he's kind of like a kid in book club, but this is the easiest definition of a sheltered childhood because truly he has never gotten to like go to the major cities or, you know, he doesn't know a lot of basic interactions because he was taken away from the world basically at like eight, yeah, yeah he's a homeschooled kid he's like a homeschooled kid that <laughs> d- but that never even got to go to like mcdonald's like yeah only home cooked meals only knows like very he knows very little about the world uh except for he's he's like a big reader because he has to entertain himself so he plays with like he was like playing with toys and like reading lots so he kind of knows like some folklore stuff about um iglos itself but He's really out there to try to explore and see what the world is that he's been hidden from for so long. Um, so he is a, uh, a human sorcerer, and I am playing a storm sorcerer, uh, which is my favorite type of sorcerer because I love my zappy boys. He loves the zappy boys. A big, uh, his favorite character in Hunter x Hunter, as we can all say, let's all say it, three, two, one, Karapika. Just, just wrong. Just, just so wrong. Uh, no, Krapik is great, but I, I do have a tattoo of Kilua on my body. I love that boy so much. Uh, good. He's such a good boy. Not as good as Hisoka, but, you know, he's all right. Hisoka is a man. It's much different. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and for the listeners, because of Ollie's uh, reading and everything... A lot of history checks that involve the history of the world, he will get advantage on, uh, just because he's read so much about it. Uh, so I'm, that's I'm, a little heads up for everybody. I'm like a nerd, but not really. Yeah, you know the concepts, not the reality. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a contrast, <laughs> him, by the way. 
Uh, Nick has been in at least two wars. I feel like I need to point out. Because uh, <laughs> we, we talked about this when we were talking about our characters originally, which was Anthony is making the most sheltered, naive child, essentially. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm yeah, he's like freshly person. 18 years old. Like, I'm my own person, Dad. You can't keep me in the house anymore. Like, yeah. trying to see the world, and he's just like, has... He's in for a rude awakening because he doesn't know anything. Like, he doesn't know about, like, very obvious social cues or anything. Like, it's going to be kind of funny. But mm-hmm. I love the idea of Ollie looking towards uh, looking towards Nick like a father figure or a mentor. Which is weird because he's only, like, four years older than him. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I still love that idea. Yeah. I think it's going to be Nick more of, like, his- an- I think it's well, going to be Nick more of, like, his... an older brother situation. Yeah. That's fair, too. Yeah, Nick was in his first war at 16, and then he was in another war when he turned 20. Mm-hmm. And then everything okay. else happened. <laughs> Do we have any questions for Ollie, or is there anything else that we need to know about Ollie? Did uh, you yeah. describe what he looked like? Oh, I didn't. Um, he's a, he's a, a frail, like, high school student. Uh, like, like I said, he's, he's like freshly 18 on his 18th birthday. He decided to leave home. Uh, he has black kind of like medium length hair that he kind of pushes back behind him. Mm -hmm. And he has a streak of white hair through it. Uh, and that's been there since, uh, since the accident. Um, he wears these like dark leathers and he wears, uh, like a bolero hat, um, which is kind of like a wide top hat almost it's kind of hard to describe but it's it's like flatter than a top hat and wider i guess but you, yeah, you guys like can look up what a bolero hat it's, it's kind of yeah. like a floppy top hat almost but hell yeah i love floppy tops does Flop- he have uh, a, a voice crack when he speaks oh i'm i'm planning on making it very very childish fuck yeah <laughs> what's it so we know he's not a top or a bottom he's not aware yet what's his masturbation habits or is he still um, <laughs> You know, I actually think he probably doesn't. That would uh, be weird. Well, the, the idea of it is, I mean, we could go yeah. psychological and say the idea of that entire concept would be like the temptation you see out in the world. So I guess he could like, you know, read like a romance novel and be like, whoa, or something. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It seems kind of strange for him at the same time. Yeah, I just mean, it's very funny if he gets random erections and is really confused about it like a 14-year-old boy would be. What the hell? It won't go down. Guys! That brings up my uh, follow-up uh, question is, what's his biggest fear? Is it girls? I I think... I, uh, like super pretty girls? I'm kind of guessing large crowds. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I, I think his... Social anxiety? I think his biggest fear is also his, like biggest desire and that's kind of like the unknown because he, he, he okay. doesn't he doesn't know what's out there really like he's read stories but like <laughs> oh yeah i can't wait for him to be <laughs> that's gonna be so funny um but like he, he, he's not gonna know like he doesn't know that you know like uh like all these monsters are like very relevant or he probably doesn't grasp the entire concept of the war um of, like, how that kind of affects day-to-day life. You know, he probably, had like, read this, that this thing happened five years ago. Okay, nobody cares about it anymore. It was five years ago. And then walks into a town, and then, you know, there's still that kind of pressure. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to, I think he's kind of 
Ooh, a hedge point's gonna fuck him up. I'm excited for that, honestly. <laughs> Especially with the lore that he's read. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a question. Um, so would he... Hold on. I lost it. What the fuck was I going to say? You're uh, setting yourself up to be a really great DM with I just know, that. <laughs> I know, I know, I um, know. Taz is really <laughs> out of practice. So. I, it's been over a year. What's, since, what's since... that town called? Um, <laughs> hold on. Uh, Wait, what's that NPC you guys talked to eight sessions ago? Hold on. Uh... <laughs> you know, the best part, though, is I can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make callbacks. <laughs> You'll never escape us, though, Taz. Absolutely. We'll know. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, anyways, so Ollie's read a lot of books, and he knows a lot about the history of the world. Uh, but what I remember the question, would he have any prejudices? Would he be scared of any particular races? Uh, how does he view race? <laughs> I because this is actually kind of a question is... I had for you as well, Taz, about like the world in general. Because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Most people handle like the half races, like half elves. Half, All I'm half saying orcs, is your dad sounds like a MAGA supporter. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think my I think my father is probably very non-political, and is okay. just kind of like taking care of us. Like okay. So I don't, I don't know if I would have any kind of prejudice. Um, I would probably be worried or, like, uh, I guess cautious around, like, more monstrous races. Wink, wink, Aaron. Okay. Um, okay. But, like, I think even anything like orcs or goblins. You might have some. Hobgoblins. I think, I think he might be a little worried about them. But I don't know if he would be, like... It would probably be more the physical look as opposed to anything like that. Yeah. I don't, anything I, otherwise. I definitely think so. He's definitely like everywhere he goes, he is that tourist. Okay. You know. So you, I will say this: um, your dad, in particular, probably would have instilled on you at most a begrudging annoyance with dwarves, considering he is a traitor and the country, the dwarven country of uh, Vagram. Uh, instills heavy tax on trade and will only allow him to go into one city and trade with their federal trade bureau. <laughs> so he's probably a little bit annoyed by dwarves. Uh, Ollie probably, Ollie probably has no idea any of that happens. Yeah, could be, he yeah, prob- yeah. He probably just thinks the dad leaves for a while, comes back with some gold. He's a trader. Mm-hmm. He probably, like, overhears him and the housemaid Cynthia talking, but mm-hmm. it's probably nothing like... Because uh, so Ollie, what about your mom? Uh, mother died. Yeah, did when she I was, fuck? Mother, mother died <laughs> giving birth. Uh, okay. So dad right. has dad has been very distant with me. Um, probably not in the aspect of like blaming me for mom's death, but like a reminder. A reminder, and it's hard to see me and not think of mom. And then also the yeah. accident happening. So he's very pro- overly protective of me, hence keeping me in the tower, essentially, for, like, ten years of my life. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, any other questions for Maiza Ale? Hey, Maiza what? Yeah, could you uh, say words normal? Nope. Okay. I refuse. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's it. All right, cool. All right. 
Mink Mangavoo. Man Bagoo. Man. 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 Va. Va. Goo. That's what I said, dude. Man Vagoo. I've been trying for so long to get Tess to pronounce <laughs> basic English correctly. So well, you're, fighting a, you're he, fighting a losing battle, Aaron. <laughs> he can pronounce rendezvous just fine, but he cannot pronounce man Vagoo. Well, uh, I said Mangavoo. Well, no, here's the thing, Aaron. Here's what you're forgetting. I said basic English. Taz is basically the French version of a weeaboo, so, uh, you know, of course he can pronounce rendezvous. French version of a... Okay. All right. <laughs> let's, let's go, Meek. Yeah. All right. Well, what, do you want her backstory or her description first? Does not matter. Okay, well... Hit us with that lore. She's a switch, by the way, Bryson. I figured. <laughs> How uh, often has Mink fucked? I know goblins. First question. Um, first of all, Mink's a slut. <laughs> <laughs> no slut shaming on this podcast, Bryson. Hey, I love sluts. Okay. Oliver, <laughs> probably, Ollie probably has no I clue have what that word even best means. Friend slut. Okay. Right, Most right, of right, my right. friends are sluts. <laughs> okay. Let's go with backstory. Obviously, Kay. if you haven't like taken a guess from the first well you know what Taz is saying and Anthony but she's a little goblin um when uh she was little little um her goblin family got ran out of their hiding place for tormenting a nearby town which had like a really awful noble who ran it and uh they saw the baby goblin that was left behind which was me and decided to use her as a pet or entertainer. So basically she grew up being forced to do tricks like an animal and was fed very little food. Doesn't mean that she didn't steal any food when she could. Um, just to, you know, stay alive. Um, 30 seconds in and I'm already crying. Well, wow. <laughs> What? <laughs> I'm not all goblins deserve this treatment. <laughs> goblin lives matter all you guys A-gab. all goblins are bastards <laughs> that's an episode we specifically did and i stand by it <laughs> i'm on your side aaron don't worry goblin lives matter okay that was all in forgotten realms taz this is eclos goblins are you know fine <laughs> all, all goblins are fine yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, goblins, uh, they're, uh, uh, what's the word? How long they live is very Tons. short. So she's, oh. so she's, uh, she turned not, when she turned nine, so she's basically like a kid, but she's technically an adult. Um, she decided she had enough of being treated like a pet and used one of the rich woman's bobby pins to, uh, pick her way out of the lock and chain that was around her neck and out of the box that she was kept in nightly. Stole what she needed to get to the next town, which was, like, food. But it didn't mean that she didn't steal a trinket or two that she found uh, pretty or interesting in her eyes. And she's been uh, I do, living... I, I do have a question already. Okay. What's that? Was she ever pulled out of a top hat? She was... Like by the ears? <laughs> yes, like, when she was really little, she was pulled out of a top hat. Not a, not a bolero hat, Hell but a yeah. top hat. <laughs> like a top hat. Hey, can oh, we okay, get a okay. bolero hat of, of uh, holding? <laughs> <laughs> so she uh. Uh, escaped to a nearby town and has been stealing, fighting, hiding, 
just to survive. Um, and she loves to hide scraps away uh, in her f- clothes as well as her trinkets. She likes to keep everything close to her. She doesn't really have too much on her. She doesn't like to be weighed down with a whole bunch of crap that she doesn't need, even though she thinks that her trinkets are amazing. If she finds a better trinket to replace with one that's in her pocket, she'll definitely just, eh, don't need this anymore, and throw it. (laughs) Shiny new click-clack. I love a good fickle (laughs) goblin. (laughs) Clickety-clackety, roll to attackity. Um, But when she was on the street, she found someone that... uh, like taught her the ropes of uh, stealing, getting into houses it, without being caught, and running away if you were caught. So she kind of had like a little bit of a uh, mentor in the urchin department. <laughs> and as they great role model, uh, <laughs> a tiefling uh, with an Australian accent, <laughs> <laughs> Mugen. <laughs> uh, but sure, I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> And plop, she... Let's plop Mugen in our world. Let's do it. Uh, Mugen's <laughs> already in the world. It's fine. <laughs> That's a promise. <laughs> and Asmodeus she... who? <laughs> <laughs> she uh, really doesn't uh, like people who are rich, as you could probably guess from being captured by a rich noble family. So she wants to kind of like show them what life is like in the gutters, like being absolute dirt poor and just sleeping Hell on yeah. the streets. Less unionized goblins. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, obviously, she, since she's a goblin, uh, she has like olive green skin, um, really black, messy hair. Like it's uh, never been washed very regularly. Um, when she was forced to entertain, she was bathed regularly. Absolutely fucking hated it. Oh, shit. Um, are we allowed to cuss? Hey, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Nobles uh, get the fucking quick. wall. Well, we real did, quick, we did call your roll a d20 for me, Aaron. Roll a d20? Yeah, roll a d20 for me real quick. And add 10. <laughs> just, just roll a d20. Okay. I want to see this. 17. 17. Okay, alright. So, uh, you're pretty fucking stinky. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You also, with being as dirty as you are, uh, until you bathe, you have a minus one to con. To con? Yep, all rolls minus one from what you get. <laughs> until you take a bath. <laughs> Alright, fine. Well, hey, I, I can Add clean you up, notes. but I will be probably very cautious and scared of you when I first meet you. <laughs> But I do have prestidigitation, which means that I can clean you up with magic, because that's oh, fun. God. <laughs> um, Would so, she like a magic bath? Would, is that something she'd be down for? <laughs> maybe, because it doesn't involve water. Yeah, it doesn't. So I'm... worst fear for mink is water. Yes. Got it. All right. Love that. Um, so she has the olive green skin, black hair. The only creepy attribute that she has is really white eyes. Like, where her pupils would be, it's like a... Uh, light gray but the rest of her eyes are like white so just imagine like in the middle of the night you see like a goblinoid figure with just glowing white eyes staring at you it really Can I make a pitch for those pupils <laughs> make a pitch yeah um rick and morty pupils nope <laughs> nope 
Nope. This is Aaron's character, Taz. <laughs> In my world, baby. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, it's your game, kinda... bitch. It's my world. And goblins have Rick and Morty pupils. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, like, has um, uh, dark gray, uh, dark blue, blackish clothing. It's kind of like tattered. She, anything that was, like, misplaced, like a scarf or, like, a child's jacket or something she would immediately take that put it on because she needs something <laughs> and mink uh, is my child and if i kill her i'm gonna be so sad <laughs> <laughs> and her what an insane thing, sentence that is <laughs> <laughs> she does have a pet it is a small little street mouse that she constantly calls rat okay oh that kicks cool. ass i love that Fucking oh, have a mouse call it rat. rat. So good. That's so good, Aaron. <laughs> I love it. I'm so angry that I made a character who doesn't have a pet. All of my characters have pets. All of your and characters have had a pet. I have oh. made. I do you want a built familiar, characters. Bryson? Bryson, do you want a familiar? <laughs> I do want a familiar. What but do you thing want? I forgot to mention, though, if you can't tell from like being sneaky and stealing, she's obviously a rogue. Yeah. I want a raven. Bryce, and think about a familiar. I want a raven. To figure out a way to get you one. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say That's like a dog. Dope. Yeah, I feel oh, like you dog. Have a dog. Oh, dog would be good. Get me a golden <laughs> retriever right now. Get me Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was, I was we... gonna say like a black lab that just kind of like plays black fetch lab. with you on the road. How about yeah. a chihuahua? Or, or just a dirty, <laughs> or like a dirty, like classic mutt dog, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, a mutt would like be so good. Up. Yeah, get me a mutt, Taz. All right, we'll get you a. Uh, right we'll get here. you a familiar. His name's Hank. Not right off the bat. But... His name's Hank. <laughs> All right. Hank Hogfish. <laughs> Can't wait to cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we can make references. Yeah, we can it's make fine. references. They can't sue us. Nadpod ain't got shit on us. <laughs> Nadpod, I love you. Uh, yeah, you ever hear Caldwell say the word cunt? No, because he can't. That's what you get. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Until we get any... bigger and they say that we can't. That's true. Anything else uh, <laughs> that we need to know about Mink? Um, how many Mink times have, has Mink fucked? She's yeah, nine. How many times? She's nine years old? Yes. But you said she's an adult. Yeah, she's yeah. an adult. And though. technically, goblins are an adult. Here, let me take now. let me take a look at goblins real quick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they reach adulthood by seven. Yeah, six seven or seven. Or eight. How much is this nine year old fucked? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, can I uh, can I rip up that contract that I signed and just no. <laughs> throw it in the shredder? I don't no. think I want to be here. Too bad. She we gotta... is an adult. They reach adulthood at age eight and live up to sixty yep. years. So mm -hmm. you could have fucked. She has. Okay, good. <laughs> How many? Ask her, you have to ask her in-game. Okay, I will. <laughs> the first time we'll meet, we'll shake I hope hands she and I'll be like, first. Oh, you smell awful. How many times have you fucked? <laughs> Oliver, like, reaches, okay. he, like, leans over. He's like, do you mean fornicated? No, fuck. What <laughs> <laughs> is fornicated? Alrighty, okay. Any other questions for our dear friend Mink, our dear child? I don't think uh, so. Where'd you land on I... those Rick and Morty pupils? <laughs> <laughs> Not an answer. Uh, let me think about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, 
just a little gameplay detail for our listeners. Uh, we will be rolling crits, uh, crit successes, not failures, on a critical hits uh, table which will be a lot of fun. Uh, if you deal enough psychic damage, you can cause insanity, uh, you can cut off limbs, you can decapitate people, you can break arms, legs, all that fun stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and that's a important detail that I want to mention before I forget to mention it. Uh, let me quickly now, get the name of the guy who created this table. So you can continue on and I'll go ahead and uh, credit okay. him. Uh, I'll just wait because we're going to go into world details. I, I do want to point out that Oliver has very piercing uh, pale blue eyes. Beautiful. I lick his eyeballs. I think it's the Sterling Ver, uh, Vermin one that we have. I'm trying to check. Yep, it's um, uh, the Sterling Vermin Adventures Company. Okay. So yeah, thank them. Uh, for this lovely table there. It's amazing. Thank you. I love it. It's brilliant. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. So, we're going to go into a little backstory on the world of Eglos. Um, of course, you've probably heard most of this uh, during our story trailer that dropped a little while ago. Uh, but if you haven't, we'll go through that now as well. So, Iglos Sleeps is a phrase printed on every coin that circulates its three great nations. Iglos was very tired before he entered his eternal slumber. He actively worked against creating life, holding within himself the power of the Big Bang that created the universe. When he finally succumbed to the exhaustion, the universe exploded out from him, along with six distinct shards that became the gods of this world. Oldar, Gigner, Kadros, Ira, Iasis, and Eta all anchored the fundamental principles of reality together. Of all of the nations, the Carnadian Empire is the most devout in the way they follow these gods. This is something that was not in the story trailer. Uh, the nation is incredibly uh, militaristic. Words. Got it. Which paints the way that they view the gods. Knights in the Carnadian Empire are always directly associated with one of the six great orders based out of the city of Bells. And these knights always hold a rank equal to that a major. Technically speaking, the six great orders are meant to be completely separate from the Carnadian military, but in times of war, uh, the great orders have never failed to get involved, which is where uh, Nick's backstory comes into play. Yeah. In the last 20 years, uh, they've proven very difficult for the Carnadian Empire as an intense frost has caused the majority of the land uh, to become a frozen wasteland, pushing them farther and farther south with fewer and fewer acres of farmland. This resulted in the annexation of Hedgepoint, a small elven village that grows a very unique crop. Since the tensions between the Empire and the elvish villages of O'Brain have uh, grown in recently, this has caused a couple of small skirmishes on the border. Uh, this isn't the only cause of tension in the world. In the last five years, there have been massive ripples across the threads of divine magic, which caused some clerics and paladins to lose access to all their magic. It's widely believed that a significant drop of people's faith in the gods is the cause for this, but no one knows completely for sure. Now, uh, the first arc of this campaign is going to take place in that village of Hedgepoint uh, that was taken over by the Carnadian Empire. So a little backstory there. Uh, hundreds of years ago, the Elvish O'Brien village of Hedgepoint was terrorized by a dragon that burnt down the village and acres upon acres of farmland, sending the townspeople into disarray. The dragon, Elcor Durak, meaning destroyer of hope in the native Elvish tongue, wreaked havoc upon the countryside, leaving most of the villagers homeless, hungry, and scared. Desperate, the townspeople put together a hunting party to hunt down the beasts of the mountains, even though they knew they stood no chance, but Elcor Durak was nowhere to be found. The dragon completely disappeared. 
The townspeople rebuilt, and from that burnt cropland arose from the ashes a special type of wheat that can be found nowhere else in all of Iglos. They named this new crop Dove Dorok, or Dragon's Hope. The bread and drink this crop provided is highly sought after and known worldwide for its unique tastes and properties. Hedgepoint uh, never allowed itself to grow into a full-blown city. The locals liked their little town, so instead they opted to establish trade between the nations of Iglos, and it had become crucial to providing the world's crop, making up at least 60% of all crop growth and trade. Uh, so, every couple of years, the night skies over Hedgepoint and the nearby mountain, Elkhorst Swallow, bask in an orange or red glow, said to be Elkhorst Flame, haunting even the skies of the land, and on the quietest of nights, some say you can still hear the screams of villagers burnt alive and the dragon's haunting roar from the mountaintop. And currently today, it's of course under the rule of the Carnadian Empire. The town has been through a lot over the past few years, seeing many battles between the Collective and the Carnadian Empire, and though the Empire took it by force, they never made the native elves leave. At least that's what they want you to believe. They've expanded the town, adding a new tavern and more lodging for the citizens of the Empire and pushing the elves to the south side of town, closest to the border. Although segregation isn't forced or talked about, it's common knowledge amongst the elves that they aren't wanted in their own town, aren't welcome, and aren't welcome in the more heavily populated areas. Many have already left to return to uh, O'Brien in fear, while others have stood their ground and refused to leave. Fights break out often between the Empire soldiers and the elves, so much so that an extension has been made to the town's jail to accommodate for the increase in elven prisoners. Over the last few months, farmers have begun disappearing. Locals point to the Empire being at fault, taking farmers and replacing them with their own citizens to gain control of the crop trade, but no one is certain of this for, tru uh, for sure. For true. So for true. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yep, 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 yep. Whatever I said. Uh, any questions so far from you guys? Not I don't think really. I have a question. I think I have a statement, and I'm glad I'm uh, not playing an elf. Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, is yeah. that, like, m new crop? Uh, since, like, most people like to go to that town to get it, uh, mm -hmm. do people try to steal it often? Oh, yeah, there's definitely... Um, a black market trade for it because it does have unique properties but the only problem is that a lot of the crops that um is claimed to be Elcor's uh, the crop Elcor fucking whatever I said I'll have to memorize that for sure <laughs> uh a lot of it isn't truly the crop uh it's a they take it they there's a process it. that yeah goes there is a real process that goes into it that allows the unique properties to actually come out, which we'll kind of explore in the world of what that is. Um, and really, Hedgepoint is the only town that knows how to do this process. Um, anywhere else, we'll just add potions to whatever they're trying to make with it to try to copy those properties and try to make it along those lines and then sell it at an increased price. Um, Claiming that it's a real deal. That's gotcha. probably the the one driving force, like the main driving force that Ollie is going to Hedgepoint because he's heard that like he's read about the crop and he's read about like all the special properties, so he wants to like go check it out because he lives like fairly close to that area. So this is like him going to Hedgepoint is kind of like him going into town, mm -hmm. which is like. Kind of sad to think, but I think mm -hmm. it's like a big deal to him. And he's kind of funny be... if he's like gets there's like I've never seen such a big town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's absolutely gonna have that mentality about it. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, if you haven't gathered, there's a lot of racial tension in this world. Um, something that we'll be exploring a lot of. Uh, the Carnadian Empire has a lot of people who are completely against what they did expanding south. Uh, some are against it, but understand it was necessary, and some just are flat out okay with it. It's uh, a lot of kind of inner conflict within the nation of if they should have done it or if they shouldn't have, uh, if they did it the right way, and so on and so forth, which is also something that we'll explore later on in the campaign. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the O'Brien Collective, uh, just a note, isn't a nation, so to speak. It's more of a collection of elvish, primarily elvish, uh, towns and cities that kind of work together, but aren't related necessarily. They're more or um, less just culturally similar communes. Similar. Yep. Um, that have like a, a pretty soft piece with them because why would they fight mm -hmm. each other? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Which is also a huge deal if uh, the Cronian Empire tries to take over all of O'Brain or more of O'Brain. Uh, if they don't kind of come together more and create more of a militaristic power, it's going to be a slaughter. Mm -hmm. um, whether that ends up happening or not, we'll definitely explore. Uh, so we'll, we'll see on that. Given that I'm, Nick is probably the only person who's, like, super aware of the current state of the border crisis there, um, yep. I feel like I should point out, uh, Nick was trained at a young age to never have uh, super strong opinions on what the state of the Carnadian Empire does, so he hasn't really managed to develop an opinion on what happened there yet, because, you know... It's kind of Fair. doesn't, he's not associated with it. Fair, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the Pantheon. The main panthe Pantheon of this world consists of seven major gods that all sit high above the realms of mortars. Mortals. Mortals, fuck. The in <laughs> their interests sit far beyond the understanding of those who worship them, and they rarely involve themselves in affairs so far beneath them. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, though. Each of the seven high gods carry with them six minor deities that serve as the hands of their superiors. The minor gods are characterized differently depending on which culture or group you belong to. The warlike Alethi sword lords of the East describe military ranks to each of their minor deities, whereas more spiritual cultures tend to describe them as great spirits, saints, demigods, great heroes, or even martyrs. Uh, <clears throat> Iglos, of course. Uh, is the god of gods, uh, his domains of light and peace. Uh, no one really knows much about him, which is probably why his believers fit a very particular niche. Anyone who truly worships Iglos is likely seen as a base civilization that worships the sun. The rituals in his name utilize extravagant costumes with very bright colors and flowing dances. Uh, we already went over his lore in the story overview. Uh, and then Oldar is the god of war, also known as the warrior poet, uh, domains of war and peace. Some people hear the words of uh, war god and think of a berserker who lives off the blood and chaos of the battlefield. But it's not true, uh, and no worshipper of Oldar would make that mistake. Where the Carnadian Empire might make the mistake of thinking Oldar favors the strong in war, uh, elves and dwarves on the other hand, and are old enough to know Oldar truly favors the righteous. This is almost always the defender of the war, uh, not, sorry, this is always, almost always the defender of the war, but on a rare occasion you see Oldar support those who wage war on the decrepit and the evil. Uh, 
Uh, he does not believe in some sort of beauty on the battlefield or the beauty of death. He truly favors those passionate in their goals, those who fight for their beliefs, and those who are willing to die for their causes. He takes no pleasure in the death or violence, but rather the clash of ideals. In ancient Elvish society, he was even seen as a paragon of debate. And then there's Giegner. Uh, he's a god of craft, his domains are forge, and knowledge. Uh, he's the most widely recognized and worshipped of all the gods, the paragon of the common people that build and cra uh, create to live. Well, that build and craft to live. He is mostly comp. Fuck Bryson. <laughs> the way you worded that is whack. What do you, uh, he is most craft. To no, live. let's no, let's all talk about let's all talk about how I phrased this. Okay, he is most commonly associated with blacksmiths. However, he is just as relevant to cobblers. <laughs> anyone, anyone really super concerned about that? I am. Yeah, because you don't know how to read. <laughs> yes. And then there's Kadros, Ira, Isis, and Etta, who uh, are I can... all important, but we haven't developed them quite as much. I've got so notes on them is... myself. I can kind of go over them individually if you'd like. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So Kadros uh, is a god of the storms. Uh, he is associated with high peaks and uh, the ocean that surrounds um, the landmass. Um, he, uh, he uh, the domains he associated with him are tempest, nature, and arcana. Uh, he, as distinct from uh, Oldar, is a ravaging berserker, uh, and he is very much not, uh, you know, he is the storm. He's never calm. He is always explosive um mm -hmm. yeah ira the goddess of rivers associated with death the grave and nature uh she is depicted as a woman on a uh riverboat uh and she takes the dead to uh their final you know destination or where they uh end up after they die um, she is eyeless, or at the very least, no one always depicted without eyes, either having a bangs that cover them or wearing a cloak. Um, Iasis is the goddess of spirits and undeath. Uh, she's uh, associated with death, trickery, and twilight. The uh, world of dreams uh, is what's you know kind of seen as her domain as well. Um, she is associated with, uh, spirits, uh, magic, the cross between death and undeath, um, and is almost always seen in conjunction with the moon. Um, and then you have, uh, Eta, which is the goddess of the weave, uh, or, uh, arcana, knowledge, and life. She is depicted often as a scholar surrounded by, um... Uh, books, but also always weaving something. Um, and uh, she is able to... She basically holds up the, the ends of the strings of magic that allow people to use magic. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, all of them have six gods underneath them that all have their own distinct uh, purposes. Yep. Big pantheon. I dig it. It was a lot. <laughs> uh, so if there's anybody confused about why Bryson took over uh, the second half of that, Bryson developed most of the world. Um, I'm more focused on the smaller towns and developing those. Uh, 
but we we work together so he's very good at developing the worlds uh that he writes in uh and i'm good at storytelling so it works out yeah Wow, listen to these guys sucking their own dicks, am I right? Well, he's sucking my dick. <laughs> Obviously, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> so, is there any questions about the world that's in here? Uh, you guys can ask questions specific or uh, whatever. If I don't have an answer yet, then I'll make one up. Uh, yeah, what's the best pizza place in uh, Hedgepoint? Uh, uh, Fazari's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, Bryson had some problems with what I said last time, and since it wasn't recorded, then I can... Uh, Why wasn't it recorded, it. though? <laughs> I don't know, man. Sounds like Bryson's fault to me. Yeah. Um, so, the best pizza place would almost certainly be in the main town of the Carnadian Empire. Uh, I mean, what race really likes pizza more than humans, you know? Halflings. Uh well, we don't have, like, a fully halfling nation. Not all halflings are the mafia, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite stereotype, dude. I know it is. That's a stereotype? Oh, yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> so, Hold on. I'm, I'll I ta- want that. Okay, it, well, it, if you want that, Taz, I will send you a podcast recommendation. <laughs> okay, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so, okay, so what that's based on is... Uh, the podcast that got both me and Anthony into D&D to start with, um, it was called... Well, I guess not Anthony, because you had played a little bit before. I had played, like, three sessions of my, yeah. like in my life. Then Bryson says, hey, you kind of enjoyed that, right? Check this out. You can listen to it. Yeah. And so then he kind of ex- showed me podcasts in general. and. Okay. They're they're very good. I think that that was out like five years ago, probably. Though I know, man, it's been crazy. Yeah, it's called D and D is for nerds. It's uh, uh ran by the uh, Sans Pants Radio Network uh, uh, in Australia. Uh, you may also hopefully see one of them uh, guest on a future tangent episode if we can find a good topic for him. So. Uh, keep an eye out for that but yeah uh if you want to see especially they play more 3.5 and third edition uh though they've been pushing more towards fifth edition for a while now um but yeah i mean it's still fucking amazing like i love that podcast so much having having halflings act as like big italian families i think is just perfect and (laughs) i i love that like like Elves are very, like, English, British, from the UK, maybe even depicted as, like, French sometimes. Um, yeah, I I like that kind of, um, as far as, like, accents and everything are concerned, or, like, how people act. I think kind of the stare, I, well, it's kind of, like, fucked to say, but I think it's the best scenario. It's, like, the easiest way for me to describe how halflings kind of act and are. Okay. Is like they're like Italians, yeah. The way so in that D and D is for Nerds podcast, uh, they do a, uh, a series called Jaren's Outpost Hustle, where uh, halflings in the city Jaren's Outpost uh, are essentially characters from Godfather. So it's not just Italians; it is explicitly the Godfather, <laughs> like Marlon Brando. Like, <laughs> anyways. 
Yeah, I love that. Uh, but yeah, the best pizza place in the, in the world of Iglos would be in the Carnadian City, uh, and it would absolutely be a New York style Brooklyn foldable pizza. Good. Uh, okay. Extra cheese. I think you said last time pool. you said it was deep dish. I said deep and dish, I was really but I, fucking angry. I, when I said deep dish, though, <laughs> I did mean Brooklyn style. Just yeah. so you're aware. Uh, if you ever say you, yeah, if you, you have a problem with deep dish pizza, <laughs> I love deep dish. But deep dish is good. What do you got a problem with deep not dish pizza. pizza for? It's not pizza. That's why. Hey, I want a piece of pie, my man. <laughs> say. <laughs> okay. All right. Any other? Oh, yes. Uh, I do want to point something out too about the world. Um, although we describe the cities and nations and stuff as primarily human and primarily primarily elvish, primarily primarily dwarvish uh that's the thing it's primarily those races there are other races in each city uh mm-hmm. each nation it's not just a pure nation of humans or a pure nation of elves yeah uh, we mostly kind of everywhere it's just that's the dominant race in that nation we, we mostly give it a human dwarvish elvish title to distinguish it for you guys uh the uh, actual denizens of those countries wouldn't refer to it as that. So, like, yeah. it's so that you can understand, like, when we talk about the Carnadian Empire, you think Western European architecture. Mm-hmm. And if we talk about dwarves, you think stucco utilitarian. Uh, mm-hmm. Utilitarianism, dwarf, oh, I mean, uh, elves, you know, uh, cottage core shit. Um,. And you know, cottage it's, core, it's and then sh- like the cities are like extravagant and beautiful and stuff. Like yeah, that. it's a cultural shorthand more than anything. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All right. Any other questions for you guys? You can ask oh. the same ones you asked in the unrecorded session zero, if you want. I want to point something out as well because I made this world. Um, okay. I've told Taz this already, but I want to make sure everybody knows. There is something massive in this world that Taz doesn't know about, and only I do. <laughs> I really hope it's that the world is sitting on the back of a turtle. I wish that was the case. <laughs> but no, I won't tell anybody <laughs> until we get... What's a good, like, benchmark? I'll tell people at, like, 200 patrons. Uh, man, 200 patrons, that'd be great. Yeah, 200 times $5 a month, man? Fuck. Yeah. That's like money. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, 200 patrons. <laughs> I'll tell you what the secret is. But if we trigger it before that happens, then, you know, have fun. <laughs> then you then we you have to subscribe to the Patreon. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Legally, you have to subscribe. This is the contract. You're listening to it right now. Boom. Yeah. Then Bryson becomes the DM. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'll send Taz the stat block. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Giant turtle theory confirmed. True. Hell yeah. It's probably a Tarrasque. No. Or a dragon. No, the Tarrasque is on my arm. I guess I know that. <laughs> okay. Any other questions? So, you've mentioned this to us as players when we were, like, character building and kind of getting an idea for getting this thing going. But you've okay. mentioned to us that magic isn't very common in your world. It's a very low uh, magic setting. Is that still the divine case? Divine magic. Divine magic. Arcane magic is still is pretty prominent. Uh, it's not... I guess I wouldn't say it's commonplace, but people do use it. And with the divine magic having uh, gone way down over the past few years, more people are starting to dive into that. 
because magic is all they knew. Uh, it's how they lived their lives. And then when that's stripped away from them, what, what way can they, uh, you know, use magic at that point? And then there's also an increase in warlocks, uh, because people lost, uh, their power and then they're like, well, I need power somehow. And they go an easy route of, uh, subscribing to a deity that will give them power, uh, if they do their deeds. So yes, but it's changing. It's more of in a change than it is uh, r- rare, I guess. Okay, w- if that's the case, then is there like a major like college of magic that is anywhere, or is it mainly like tutors around the world? Is there books? Because for Oliver, I figured that uh, since he's a sorcerer, he has magic flowing through his very veins, but he still has mm-hmm. to learn to control it. Yeah, so there probably wouldn't be colleges. There would likely have been monasteries and the such prior to the divine magic uh, kind of rippling through. After after that uh, faded away, uh, those monasteries would likely turn into more uh, more along the lines of camps for the people who lost their magic and don't know what to do with their lives. Uh, and there would likely be teachers popping up to try to teach them arcane magic in those areas. So I, I wouldn't say established schools, but kind of like refugee camps type thing. Okay, so how would... I'm, I'm guessing, like, the main question I'm asking is, is how would Oliver be able to tame his magic? Would it just be through pure practice and self-teaching? Or would Absolutely. it be through no books or anything? There might be books here and there. Uh, but I wouldn't say they're commonplace. Most of the books would have been about divine magic. Okay. Uh, and with divine magic gone, those books are kind of irrelevant. So arcane magic is not as common. It's getting more common now because divine Correct. magic is fleeting. Correct. Okay. Bryson, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to make a point to say that like before the drop in divine magic... Um, arcane magic was more of a found knowledge tradition rather than Mm -hmm. established learning places. So that was, you'd probably find it through like old scrolls or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Any other questions? Uh, Taz, Um, uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Bryson, Aaron? trying to think of some it's difficult for me to come up with a question <laughs> yeah any of your questions would be story questions yeah well where them small folks at uh goblins or i mean like gnomes halflings so a lot of gnomes and halflings would pro uh mostly be through vagram uh it's um just that culture. Uh, halflings might be a little bit more prominent in the Carnadian Empire um, along those lines. They're kind of everywhere, uh, but those two would probably be the biggest places that they're in. Goblins, on the other hand, probably stick to the coastal area of the Carnadian Empire uh, or along the trade routes um, between Vagram and... Uh, the Carnadian Empire and O'Brain to steal and everything like that. Racist, Tez. Jesus. Assume they want to steal? Racist? You assume they want to steal? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm sorry, Mink. That was fucked. That was fucked up I mean, up I them. steal. Yeah, yeah but, absolutely. But, but not because you're a goblin, because you were wronged by the wealthy, you know? Well, she was stealing before then, too. Well, her yeah. family was. Yeah, but she wasn't. <laughs> 
It's because she was a baby. It's not like I couldn't steal anything when I was a baby. <laughs> oh, Taz, where can I find monkeys? Monkeys? Yeah, where can I find some monkeys? Uh, they'll probably be over in the more of the jungle area on the east coast of um, O'Brien Collective. You're correct. That was a test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where can I can I have a monkey familiar? <laughs> uh, it would probably gonna be a while in the story till you get over there. That's but fair. if you want to hold off. I'll yeah. stick with my mutt. I'll stick with hey my mutt. Hey, guys, ass. let's just meet up at Hedgepoint and just go straight there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> guys! Oh, good. A goblin and a child. Um. <laughs> hey, I have mad wanderlust. I've heard about these giant forests that are called jungles. Let's go. <laughs> they have monkey. And I just fucking sprint. <laughs> Beautiful. Any other questions? Or should we... Head on to episode one. Uh, I, I do have one. It's not a question. It's a statement. And it has nothing to do okay. with the show. Um, okay. Oh, this will be good. Our good friend Connor, um, who has not been on an episode yet, but we're planning one. Um, uh, when he was watching Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, he I described. Wait, wait, wait. He described King Kong's mouth as a thrussy. <laughs> a thrussy? Excuse uh, me? Are you referring so, to a throat pussy? Yeah, that's what I'm referring to, absolutely. <laughs> oh so, I just thought everybody should know that. He messaged me, and he just it sent me a picture of Godzilla's mouth, and he said, look at this tight thrussy. How dare he disrespect <laughs> our king like that? Absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm allowed now to kill... Yeah, Connor's you're allowed to kill in, in, our, in our home <laughs> D&D game? Okay, yeah, so. you, can kill him you can kill him tonight, <laughs> for sure. I'll I'll kill his character in tyranny too. Hey Taz, you can uh, you can replace him because you're gonna die now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. So thank you everybody for tuning into session zero. Uh, we're gonna move on to episode one now uh, and start the actual show. Uh, the Woo! episode one's already out with this episode, so just move right along. I, enjoy. I can't wait to roll lots of nat ones. Come listen to me fail. I only crit because I have weighted dice. Bye. This was an Asphalt Studios production.